mean, it's got to be a big deal, Parker. Why do you say that? Because they brought us into the office today on a, on, a, on a Monday. Oh, yeah. Did you did you almost not pick up the phone? Uh, no. That was I was I was kind of prepared for this. Oh, you were, I was you were ready for, for it. This. Well, when I started hearing on uh, Friday, re- reading reading people like Jeff Passan and folks like that, the national writers, and you started hearing people say, you know, with the a potential signing freeze kicking in at eleven fifty nine Eastern on Wednesday because of the expiration of the CBA. There's a chance that the days leading up to that Wednesday deadline are, are, are basically going to be like a, a trade deadline or a signing deadline because it takes, by some estimate, well, it, it takes between 48 hours and 72 hours to get all the paperwork done when a player signs with a new team, get it filed with the league office, get medicals. It's not simply a matter of somebody faxes a commissioner's office and says, hey, we've signed Kevin Gossman. So, and and and. and I think when I read that, I started thinking, okay, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy. And they, they're, they, they're still may be crazy, to be honest. There's still a ton of names out there, Robbie Ray and Max Scherzer. But, I, I mean, Kevin Barker, the uh, boy, the Jays, I mean, the Jays got a lot of business done before the expiration of the contract. And the latest move, Kevin Gossman, $110 million for five years with the Blue Jays. And uh, Kevin Gossman, one of the premier free agent pitchers on the market, uh, got a lot of really good underlying numbers. He's a guy the Jays talked to last year and a guy who has kind of had, you get the impression from everything you said, Kevin, he's kind of had his eye on the Jays as much as they've had their eye on him. So they signed, they signed Kevin Gossman, and we'll talk about what that means for Robbie Ray later on. Earlier, when you were out in the wilds of Colorado, the Jays signed Jose Barrios to a $130 million seven-year contract. Yeah, that was no brainer. That was a no-brainer. Yeah. They lost Steven Matz and Marcus Semien. We'll talk about that as well. And, of course, Yemi Garcia, a uh, high-leverage reliever they brought in for the back end of the bullpen. So there a, a lot of moves that have been made. Frankly, there will be more moves made today. Uh, there could be signings announced as we go through the show. But, Kevin, let's let's start with the Gosman deal. That is the trade I'm sorry, that is the signing that everybody in this city is talking about this morning. It leaves the Jays for the next or for the immediate future with a starting rotation at the very least of Barrios, Gosman, and Alec Manoa. Then you can factor in Nate Pearson. You've got Hyunjin Ryu for another couple of years. But, uh, boy, this is an organization that um, spent a lot of money last offseason, spent a lot of money this offseason, and maybe most interesting, it appears as if Kevin Gossman actually took less money to come to Toronto. Than to go to the Mets. Than to go to the Mets. <laughs> well, of course not. It, look, it's it's one of those things where, I, I, for me, just on the outside looking at everybody I talked to, it sounded like Robbie Ray was the first choice choice for the Toronto Blue Jays. But with the, the unknowns of the CBA, you know, you, you take that bird in the hand kind of thing. And Kevin Gosman, that's that was the second best option. That was a right-handed Robbie Ray. You could almost argue mm-hmm. a two-pitch guy reinvented himself, you know, went away from the sinker and the slider, is now an elevated four-seamer, split split finger, sprinkling in the changeup. He's he's that guy. Maybe he's a different guy this this second time through in the American League East. Uh, you know, what the Blue Jays have done is they they have surrounded their rotation with some quality number twos. Do you think there's a really a true number one that can match up with a Garrett Cole? That's the question you got to ask yourself. And do you think this is enough? Do they still have to go out and get uh, what ifs? I've said this to you till, till I'm blue in the face at the end of the season. They need to take care of some more what ifs out of the bullpen. Maybe add one more high leverage guy, Yimmy Garcia. Do you really think that's enough? Is that you know, is he capable of giving you some eighth and ninth inning in the American League East consistently? That's that's some unknowns, but that's a better option than what they had before. Now, you know, do you feel confident in the Anthony Kays and the Thomas Hatches as your, as your number five? Do you like Nate Pearson as your number five? Me, I don't like Nate Pearson as your number five. I think last year gave him enough confidence that if he's healthy, he can maintain velocity. He can give you some quality out of your bullpen, which is the high octane, which is exactly what you want. Swing and miss stuff. Can he get me to the order out with the, with the against the Red Sox in Fenway? And I think confidence-wise, it's given him enough last year that he can come into this season and the Blue Jays have enough confidence in him that 
he could probably do that. But look, it's it's one of those things where you can't wait around on Robbie Ray. You have to you have to fill a spot, and maybe if you can get a guy a little cheaper, you know, I don't know if I like the five year with Kevin Gosman. You know, the, the the past history will tell you, you know, can he consistently make? Can you give you thirty starts the next? Say three years of that deal. That's the thing you got to ask yourself. I mean, I'll, I'll pay that. I don't think the money at, at that mo- at that money. I don't care about five years. You, you don't. No, I don't care about five. No. no. I, I, you know, you're uh, if the final end of that contract or at the end of the contract, you're looking at a what a twenty twenty four million dollar pitcher who's just kind of meh. Would, a lot of those in baseball. I, I think you take a gamble on the back end of the deal to get what you need out of out of Kevin Gosman this year. And next year going forward. I mean, you're right. He reinvented himself. I mean, he is a guy. He's got elite strikeout rate. Doesn't walk much. Got a 95 mile an hour fastball. He's got a splitter that at times is 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 unhittable. Um, you know, Kevin Gossman's exactly the guy that the type of guy that organizations go after now. Uh, he's a guy that you can really sink your your teeth into. Your analytics department can sink their teeth into a guy like that. The R and D department can sink their teeth into a guy like that player development. Um, I, and I, and I am with you. I, I think, you know, I think this, this essentially means that Robbie Ray is not coming back and I'm okay with that because one of the things we said very, very early in this process, Kevin is CBA negotiations or no CBA negotiations. The Jays can't let themselves get hung up waiting for their free agents to make a decision. Nope. You, ju- you just can't. You can't not make a move that makes your team, that could make your team better because you're waiting. And you probably got you're a cheaper waiting than the guy Ray. you're waiting on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 again, I keep going back to this. I, as, as someone who's covered this team, as someone who's been around this team since, since, since 2000, look, I remember saying that the only way a free agent came to Toronto was you had to give him extra years and more money. George Springer got more years and more money to come to the Blue Jays. That's one of the reasons he's here. And we talked about Russ Martin got more money and more years to come to the Blue Jays. Kevin Gossman took less. That's from one other team, and, and there's yeah, reasons yeah, but, why. But, but Yimmy, Yimmy, well, Yimmy Garcia took less to come to Toronto. He, well, took, a, could, he you, took a smaller you, you contract. You could almost argue that they overpaid for him. Jimmy yeah, Garcia, exactly what is he? Like 11 million bucks you'd think is not a ton of money, but what exactly is he going to give you? Like that that's the thing is he has 6th and 7th inning guys, he's an 8th and ninth inning guy. Past the tell you, he's not really an 8th and ninth inning guy. That's the question is that that's what I'm saying is it's just still not a finished product. Is well, no, it better nobody's, than they had before? Nobody's saying, Absolutely. Yeah, nobody's saying it's a finished product, but the the point is this. Ross Atkins went into the offseason knowing and Mark Shapiro was very clear. I don't care if you re-sign all our free agents. I don't care if you don't sign any of our free agents. I really don't care what you do, but the team's got to be better. Yeah, okay. So if you don't if you don't get Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon back here, you've got to make the team better. Look, this is not a finished product. I'm not saying it's a finished product. Clearly, they haven't addressed the issue of the bat in the middle of the order. Clearly, they haven't rounded out their infield. I mean, they needed another infielder even with even if Marcus Simeon re-signed her. So those things are still on the table. But in terms of pitching, at the end of the day, you're trying to make the the whole better than it was last year. And I think Gosman and Garcia give them a head start in that. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this. You look at this bullpen right now. You cannot tell me you are not way more confident in this bullpen than you were in last year's bullpen coming out of spring training. Simber, Richards, Meza, Romano, Garcia... Compared to what you came out of spring training with last year, there's no comparison. Yeah, I give you that. I, George Springer for me is is the X factor too. A healthy George Springer that will make up for what you're losing in the second baseman that you gave up or didn't resign. Yeah, it's for me. It's just one of those things where right now, if you ask yourself, are you better than Red Sox? Are you better than the Yankees? Are you better than the Rays? Who are making those little moves that they always make that we hate, or at least I've yeah, been the, coming on here. That's kind of pointless, about, Kevin, because well, it is, this, because this, they have the season is American League East. No, but this, that's uh, the whole point. The offseason isn't done yet. And the unknowns, again, this gets back to that point of why you take bird in the hand with the Gosman thing and not waiting on Robbie Ray is you don't really know what's going to happen with the CBA. And that's that's the whole point here. And this is 
right? They're playing in the deep end now, which is a great thing. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you know now that it's not anymore about them just giving up five-year deals. They'll go the they'll go the extra mile to get the the best quality in here that they can possibly get because it's the American League East and they are a high octane spending organization. And look, this is I I, th- I think what Ross is telling you is okay. We'll we'll buy it now, but ultimately when it gets down to it, we'll have to make some key trades. May have to trade for that third baseman. You have, may have to trade or for that second baseman. May not do it right now. Well, if you look out if you look at the free agent market right now. And I think we're both on the same page that you need, you need, I think you need two more bats, preferably left-handed bats. I think you need two more bats. Whatever. At least one. I think you need two more, but, you know, work with me on this. The oh, yeah. free agents that are still out there, right? Trevor Story, and there, there's a lot of talk that he's going to Texas. Mm-hmm. Trevor Story, where I presume he would, Marcus Samian would play second base and Story would, would play short or they'd make it work out. Um, so Javier Baez is out there still. Uh, he, he brings a lot of what they already have. Lots of strikeouts. Yeah, he's right-handed. He's right-handed. I would not back up the truck for, for, for Javier Baez. I, I, I just wouldn't. Even though it's Jose Barrios' brother-in-law, and I'm sure there's that, I, I just, I, I wouldn't back up the truck for him. You know, there's a guy like Michael Conforto still out there. Like, you can get that bat, that left-handed bat, somebody that profiles differently than what you have right now. And I think maybe you can make one of those moves via free agency, but I, st- I, st- I still think, I think the core, the big offensive move you are going to make has to come by trade. Because I'm looking at those free agents out there. I said, Conforto would be a nice piece. It would be, I would rather have him and my team than Randall Gritchick because I'd rather have kind of that disposable, I'd rather have a disposable lefty bat than a disposable righty there bat. There you go. Bingo. Great point. I don't know about bias. I, again, to me, he just brings enough, he brings more of what I already have. I need, I need something a little more, um, I need a little bit of a change up in that lineup someplace. Somebody that, that makes a pitcher. You know, look at this guy and go, I got to pitch this guy differently. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to. There you go. Somebody that makes me pitch. I got to pitch this guy differently than I, than I pitch Bo and Vlad. I, somebody that really makes me scratch my does head it, and think, okay, what, what do I do? Does here? it make Kevin Cash think about who he's matching up against? He absolutely does not. You can get him out with elevated and, and that slider middle away from a right-handed pitcher. That, that's the ultimate goal here is to, to add a little balance, make that manager think an inning ahead because there's not a ton of managers who can make the right move all the time. That's the whole point here. And you've made this point at the end of the season last year. It's not about meaningful games anymore. It's about winning the American League East and going deeper in the playoffs. And for me, do you realistically think they can do that with another right-handed bat? Or does it have to be that left-handed bat? It it doesn't have to be a middle-of-the-order left-handed bat. It's just that length of your lineup making that other opposing manager think differently. And right now, he doesn't have to do that. And for me, that's like a Kyle Seeger, a guy, an older guy that's left-handed. That's another guy. There you go. That's That's another guy. That's hit 30 homers before. That's driven in 100 runs before. Has done it not too long ago, last year. So you're not too far removed from that and can still hit velocity. It's not going to disrupt what you're trying to do on the field, off the field, in the clubhouse, all those things. So And play a little, play play some defense. Decent. I've I've said, and I... You know, I, I know you said the same thing. Look, if they can address third base, I'm okay with maybe a Santiago Espinal and Calvin Biggio platoon at second. I'm fine with that. I, I can get away with that. If I've got another third baseman, I'd get away with that. I'd be fine. Espinal and Biggio, it's not about their defense. It's about offensively. If you play Santiago Espinal five days a week, the adjustment that the league make to him, is he capable yep. of making those? But can again, Kevin if, if, Biggio swing straight up and down and not have the bent upper half? That's the question. You're not, you know what, you're not going to have all-stars at every position. No, you're not. So if you if you address third base, I think you can live with that. You can live with that with that issue, with that issue at second base. So that's where we are right now. It is Blair and uh Barker. And uh you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And, uh, well, we, the original plan here was we were going to be on uh, next week because of the winter meetings are scheduled. And qu- quite frankly, if, if, as everybody expects, a signing freeze kicks in at 11.59 Wednesday, it can be no winter meetings. Nope. This may be the winter meetings. Yep. 
this may be the winter meetings without the bar, without the hotel bar and the hotel lobby and hanging around the hotel lobby and waiting to get. I've never been all part these of this. How is that? It, it, it's fun. It, it's it's like it's like a trade show. It's like a it's it's like a rumor swap. It's like a rumor. You you stand around, talk to agents. Sometimes the odd general manager sticks his head out of the out mm-hmm. of the suite and runs like hell and tries tries to go get a. Co- cup of coffee without getting corralled by writers or reporters. It never works. It's basically, you, you hide in plants, you go to the bar, you hide in more plants, you go to the bar, you hide in more plants, you it, eat. Has and it that's really worked? what it is. Has it ever worked? Oh, yeah, yeah. You've I mean, got it, some big-time news. Like, I, boy, I can't wait to go back. And I, fingers are working. I, uh, when I was at the Globe and Mail, point of pride, I broke the A.J. Burnett story. I had it in the Globe and Mail, the paper, the day that it was announced. I had it the night before. Oh. All the details and all and that. You so, got, yeah, I got, you got that at the bar. Uh, I got that by working a lot of sources. Mm. A ton of sources. So that's what it's all about. Anyhow, that's yeah, in, in, inside. It's, it's, like a, it, it, it's like a baseball writer's, it's like a convention. And people do get silly. And, you know, stuff happens. And anyhow. But that's not going to happen this year if there's a signing freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there will be no, no winter meeting. So, it. My point is we're, we're going to kind of be available whenever news breaks over the next couple of days. So we'll have the podcast. We'll, we'll be on here as well. I fully expect that the Jays, I think the Jays are going to make another move. Maybe not a major free agent signing. I think they'll make another move. Keep in mind, though, that the, the trade, a deal like that, a big trade, that may not happen until after the CBA is hammered out because... The CBA could determine a lot of things, right? It, you may end up losing a year of, of Bo and Vladdy in the CBA. Free agency may change. Arbitration mm-hmm. may be overhauled. You may not, if you're a Blue Jays fan, it's possible that when the CBA is done, the Jays ETA has been pushed up even, even another year. So if that's the case, now you really got to drop the hammer in the trade market. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, maybe if you're, you're, not willing to trade Aurelvis Martinez in a deal for Jose Ramirez. Maybe the new CBA comes in and you go, Jesus, uh, let's jump on this. And, and it, changes, it changes the landscape. But in terms of free agents, I think you can do most of your heavy lifting if you're the Blue Jays right now. Uh, another factor here, and we, uh, we will go to the phone lines at 416-870-0590, star 591 888 059 and just ask you, do you like what the Jays have done so far? Shai Davidi pointing out, you know what they've done this year? This winter, they've given out the two longest pitching contracts, the two heftiest pitching contracts in club history. Think about that with Barrios and 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 Kevin Gossman. We haven't seen a Jays team operate like this. Well, they know what they got the offensively. Right. Everyday they know, players, they know what they got. But th- the point is that they're doing all this at a time where, and then this is something, it's kind of an elephant in the room, but we got to talk about it a little bit. The, at a time when the Canadian government has waived the vaccine or done away with the vaccine waiver for professional athletes. And basically you've got to be fully vaxxed to play sports in Canada. And fully vaxxed, according to the Canadian government, is different than fully vaxxed, according to the Players Association. So, and I'll just tell you right now, I know in at least one instance, not a major not a major signing, not a major player. I know of at least one instance where I had an agent tell me, and we, we just get, we're not talking to the Jays because the dude isn't vaccinated. Like he's not a, he, he's not, we're, we're worried that the, the, the government, the government waiver is going to have an impact on, on, on my guy. So there is that kind of at work in the back here. And I think that's something you need, you need to keep in mind. And I'm not going to get into a whole thing about vaccine hesitancy, but you, you've also got to keep that in mind that there may be, things happening that we're not aware of with some players that are preventing them from, from signing here or re-signing here or being traded here. And, and it has to be mentioned because it is the elephant in the room. People kind of skirted their way around it, and that's fine because, you know, it, nobody is obligated to tell you whether or not, at least I don't think, no player is obligated to tell Jeff Blair whether or not he's vaccinated. I mean, it's just not. That has to be something to keep in mind when you're when you're dealing with this, because we just, in addition to not knowing what the CBA is going to look like, we really don't know what the vaccine landscape is going to look like in Canada. Let's say in February or March, there's no point in signing a guy and then finding out you can't pitch him or you can't play him in Canada. 
Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're the Blue Jays, that just makes, that makes no sense. So we've dealt with kind of all the housekeeping stuff. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Those are the numbers. We've, uh, it, it is a busy day, obviously, for baseball folks because it is effectively like the trade deadline. Um, we've got feelers out for a couple of people who may be joined by Jeff Passon later on. Passon, of course, is like everybody else in baseball waiting to see whether or not Max Scherzer is going to sign a three-year, $42 million per year deal with the Mets or screw the Mets, which is kind of the way the winter's gone. For a lot of mm. uh, for a lot of free agents, we haven't had a chance, Kevin, to talk about the Barrios deal uh, in depth since uh, since it was signed. We're not surprised. I believe going into the winter that the most important thing the Blue Jays could do was not re-sign Marcus Simeon, was not re-sign Robbie Ray. The most important thing they could do, I think was get Jose Barrios locked up to a long-term contract for all the reasons we've talked about. He's durable, he's a good pitcher, et cetera, et cetera. They have really laid down a pitching foundation right now with this team. And, and again, think about Jose Barrios. The Min- one of the reasons the Minnesota Twins traded him is they were convinced, Derek Falvey told uh, Shai Davidi at, at the general manager's meeting, this year, they were convinced he was not going to re-sign. They were convinced he was going to go the free agent route at the end of next season. Mm-hmm. And had he done that at his age, he would have been a premier free agent. We're talking a young pitcher who, knock on wood, is healthy. One of the healthiest pitchers in the game. The Jays basically bought out the best years of his career. Now, there's some opt-outs and everything thrown in there. But it was interesting. When the opt-out, it was like... Nobody cared about it. Brios's news conference here, he kept talking about the seven-year contract, a seven-year contract. You know, it's, and, and we're going, well, actually, it's five years with two opt-outs. But the point is, in Jose Brios's mind, he's here for seven years. Yeah. Whether or not that transpires, it doesn't matter right now. The point is, in his mind, he is here for seven years. Like, that is, that is, a, that is a remarkable change in the perception of this organization around baseball. And I think this is the most important piece of business they could have done. Because as long as you got Jose Barrios, I know that I've got a guy who's going to give me a chance to win every night. More yeah. importantly, Kevin, I got a guy who's going to give me 200 innings. Yeah, we gave Ryu that, that $80 million contract to sort of set the tone. Now you got the next guy in here who's a little bit younger, who's got a little bit better stuff, who's right-handed, can face a bunch of right-handed dominant lineups in the American League East. Uh, he's, for me, can only get better. You, you add Petey to the mix, which I think is a huge factor in all of this. You know, I talked about this. If his changeup gets better, that's elite stuff. Right now, for me, he's the number two. He makes the changeup better. He can be in that elite status. And I think that's what the Blue Jays are trying to get him to is that part of it. And I just think they had to have that guy on the pitching staff. They, they got one at first base. They got one at shortstop. They got one at center. I just think they needed that guy as, as a pitcher to sort of – okay, I'm the leader, I'm, I'm at the peak here, I'm going to lead by example, I'm going to do whatever it takes to to get us exactly where we need to be, and it always starts with the guy standing on the mound. And oh, by the way, he's a great human being, which, you know, it's just, for me, this is what Ross is trying to do. He's trying to get the total package. If you've noticed, everybody that he brings in here, the first thing out of everybody's mouth has ever been around these guys, Kevin Gosman is a prime example of that. He's a great human. Which that, when I played, that wasn't a huge deal. It was all about how, what kind of player you were. But now, because these guys are so young and they're so good, like the Vladdy's, like the Bows, you know, you can throw George Springer in there. He's not as young, but he's really, really good. And now you've got guys standing on the mound who's young, as good as a great human being. They just they're starting something here. Then that's how you get other free agents coming here. Not only the 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 long term deal, the seven year thing, and adding the money to it, but you surround them with really good people with really good players and they're consistently good year after year after year it takes a special human especially a pitcher jeff to pitch the american league east you're gonna have some downs if you've noticed they gotta face the yankees they gotta face the red sox they gotta do these things in small ballparks and you have to you have to be a special human to be able to you know get past some of the ups and downs and it's just for me it was a perfect thing you've been yelling and screaming that ever since he got here that that's what they have to do and Good for Ross. They went out and did it, and and now they're sort of setting the tone of you know they're sending they're setting they're telling everybody in the American League East and in, in, in baseball, Blue Jays are here, and hopefully they're here to stay, and and they're going to be good for for years to come. Yeah, it's uh, and 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 let's not 
underestimate the, uh, I think, the importance of having Marcus Semyon come here, get a one-year contract as a pillow contract, enjoy his time, speak highly of the organization. They went on to sign a seven-year contract with Texas. There's, there's no way the Jays are going to give him seven years. Nope. And God, God love Marcus. I'm, 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 I'm happy as hell for Marcus oh, Simeon. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I don't give him seven. There's no universe where he's getting seven years for me, but mm-hmm. that's okay. He got his seven years with Texas. Good in him. He gambled on himself last year. And, and this is another thing. Now Toronto is, not only is it a, a destination place for a free agent like Kevin Gossman, but... In a lot of ways, what you're seeing happen here is what happened with the Raptors when they got good. Now there are guys around baseball saying, you know, Marcus Simeon went to Toronto and got himself a seven-year contract at 30 years of age in that lineup. Again, I throw Michael, if you're a guy like Michael Conforto, and I'm just using him as a name, and you're saying, I, I really need to build my value yeah, up. Coming the up hell if, I, if I come to Toronto and I've got those guys around me, those mm-hmm. dudes around me, and I have a reasonably good year, and it's in the American League East. So there are a lot of things happening with this team because not only it, yes, it's important to have your core players, to have all your homegrown guys, et cetera, et cetera. But you, it doesn't matter how good a job you do. At some point, you're probably going to have to add somebody, whether it's at the trade deadline or free agency to get you over the, you know, to, to, to get you over the hump. And the Jays are doing that. Yeah, you always need good pitching, too. Ask the Braves. If you can get some lightning in a bottle and have the right guys pitching-wise hot at the same time, and that's what the Blue Jays are trying to do. They're trying to have what-ifs. I've said this to you how many times, Jeff? They need what-ifs. The more what-ifs you can add to your team, when one guy falters a little bit, you can just push that next guy right up there, and you're not going to miss a beat, and that's what they're trying to do with the Gosmans and bringing in guys that have been there and done it before who made adjustments can take it to the next level because you have the offensive core that you have, and hopefully you have a healthy George Springer. Just think about that. How many homers and how many runs did he drive in in a short amount of time last year? Add another 50 games to that. Mm -hmm. What can he do now? Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden you're talking about elite stuff and you're taking it to a whole different level, and if you can keep people from scoring runs – now, all of a sudden, you've added four or five wins to your mix. Now, where you're at in the American League East. You're not in fourth place. In the last two years, among pitchers with at least 175 innings, Gossman is ninth in strikeout rate, ninth in batting average allowed, ninth in OBP allowed. He's tied for third in fielding independent pitching, which is a register of the quality of your pitches. He's tied for 21st in home run rate. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this is a guy who, when he was with the Orioles... I don't know if I'd say never lived up to the hype, but when he was with the Orioles, everybody, people were always forecasting that this guy, this guy just needs to figure it out, that at some point the light bulb was going to go on and he was going to be a dominant pitcher, and it just kind of sort of didn't happen there. And, of course, he went to San Francisco last year and was brilliant, and, and, uh, and now he's going to come to Toronto and going to end up have a chance to work with, with Pete Walker. And I get your point. I look at the Jays right now. Somebody on Twitter asked me, "All right, who's your opening day starter? Who's your ace?" Brios. Yeah, but I don't know if I, I don't know they if don't I have an ace exactly. But I've got at least two number twos, and maybe a th- third number two with with Alec Manoa. I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, if I go into next year with this rotation, knowing what I have in Alec Manoa, I'm in pretty good shape compared to last year's rotation. Yeah, the, the, Ke- the, the Kevin Gosman thing, I will say this. The first time I heard it, I was thinking about how does that big ball park he's throwing in in San Francisco translate to the smaller parks in the American League East? Lineups are a little bit better west, bigger ballparks, tacking the zone. If you watch video, which I did as soon as they sign him, a lot of his pitches, because he's throwing less pitches per inning, he's attacking the zone. He's not nibbling. Mm-hmm. He's nibbling more here. That's the thing. It's, you ask yourself, he's not a 99 guy. He's a 94-95 guy. Well, how will he make changes? You know, the changeup, he'll sprinkle. He doesn't throw all the time. Is that something, Petey? You move him on the rubber. Will there be little twerks? Can you walk up to him and say that? You just signed five-year, $110 million. But what I'm seeing, because you did this 
in San Francisco, you probably can't do that here. Uh, I think that's knowing, the question. You knowing, ask yourself. knowing Petey, though, well, he, knowing Petey, with the, he's a great salesman. When, and, but when you look at the numbers, at that splitters number, you're probably not going to do anything out of the gate. You're not going to tinker with Kevin Gossman out of the gate. No, you're no. going to show me what you have. Like, let the, show show me what worked in San Francisco, and then we'll make changes. I don't think that it's splitters the splitter. unhittable. I don't think it's the splitting. What do you have? 272 swing and misses on that pitch. That's the most of any pitch from any pitcher in baseball. It's really good. But point being is, what if it's not good in the American League East? What if eh, location of fast? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because their team's better now because he's in it. But that's, I'm sure, if you're asking Petey, the first thing he's thinking of, will that translate from bigger parks to a smaller park? Now, I know he's been in the American League East before, but it hadn't looked like it looked the last two years in bigger parks. That's the only thing. And that's that's a little, that'll be an interesting thing to see how he attacks the zone. Will he use a third pitch a little bit more? Well, will other teams make adjustments to him? But I know this, they're a better team because he's in the lineup. But he's in the rotation. By the way, if you're wondering about age, Robbie Ray is actually nine months younger. I just quick, quickly did the math here. Nine months younger than Kevin Gossam. So it's not like you're getting a guy who's, who is, uh, who's ancient compared to, uh, to, to Robbie Ray. And I'm, I'm looking at some of his other numbers. Last 15 starts, 4-4-2 ERA. He's not an elite pitcher in, in baseball. He's a really good number two, yeah. a really good number two. And that's if you surround your, your rotation with a bunch of really good number twos and have a shutdown bullpen, what's that mean? You're winning a bunch of games. that looks a lot like the Rays, doesn't it? Hmm? Yes. And uh, <laughs> that that's exactly what it looks like. Yep. It's exactly what it looks like. Uh, so the numbers again, 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Do you like what the Jays have done? Are you surprised what the Jays have done? Do you think, let's just play a game here. We know Marcus Samian isn't coming back. He's gone to Texas. We kind of think Robbie Ray is probably not coming back. Are you confident that when we get around opening day, and there will be an opening day, there's not going to be a strike, they're not going to miss any games, but are you confident that when we get around the opening day, this Blue Jays team will be better than the team that came within a hair of making the playoffs last year? Keep in mind, essentially, last year's Jays team had had three more wins that would have been in the playoffs. And they pissed away a lot of games early in the year with that bullpen and with that rotation. Remember what what did, uh, what did was Charlie, Shai Davidi referred to today, Charlie Montoyo's line one year, uh, last year at one point about his rotation is it was some guy in an opener. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, that's basically where they were, but that's not going to be, it's not going to be the case this year. 416-870-0590, star 591, triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety. It is Blair. It is Barker. This is Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, so we're talking about some of the Blue Jays' needs still as uh, we keep track of what sure seems to be a very, very, very busy Monday ahead of the uh, ahead of the signing roster freeze, whatever you want to call it. We talked about something the Jays may still be looking at now that Marcus Semyon's off the board. I mean, there are two ways the Jays can address their infield situation one trade or sign a third baseman and there's a guy like Kyle Seeger out there uh Jose Ramirez we've talked about that that is a trade possibility although I don't I don't know how you feel Kevin it, I would love it it's one of my favorite players mm-hmm. but it's also sometimes the trade makes so much sense and when it doesn't get done right away you go all right what's up so I don't know what that means there uh, and then we talked about second base. Obviously, there's an opening there. Now, Bo Bichette isn't going to move to second base. There are chances. I guess you got you could put Baez at second base, sign him. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of doing the same thing. There are some low-level guys. You know, if you if you want to upgrade, if you don't think that a platoon of Biggio and Santiago Espinal gets it done for you, there are guys like, you know, Cesar Hernandez. There are... They're, they're, are ways you can kind of fiddle around with the second base, with the platoon if you want. Um, but one of the names that we suspect the Jays were interested in is Eduardo Escobar, and he's off the table now. He was traded. We keep hearing about a guy like Catel Marte as being a possibility. Um, 
So there are a lot of ways the Jays can address that second base, that particular second base situation. Right now, this this is just me talking right now. I kind of think we're going towards an Espinal Biggio platoon. And as I said, I'm okay with that as long as the lineup is so good that those guys are hitting eighth or ninth. I'm okay with that. Yeah, for me, I, I think Kevin Biggio has got to show up in spring training a little different than when he left the season last year. I'm not talking about health-wise. I'm talking about mechanics. And he's got to show the Blue Jays, at least for me anyway, that he, he's he got a chance of being better. That, that's that's making solid contact. When he makes solid contacts, he, he creates backspin. He, he, the ball is makes a noise coming off his bat, which is a big deal with a young hitter. That gives him confidence. That gives the, the organization confidence. But he's got to make an adjustment. And if he does that, because, you know, you're going to face a lot more right-handed pitchers than you are lefties. Well, you, where does that fit in for Santiago mm. Espinal? Again, I, I'm okay. I guess I'm okay with that platoon thing if if some changes are made and they show you that they can consistently make adjustments defensive wise because of the way you know they're lining up defenses and and you don't have to move side to side up and back as much as you did 15 years ago. They're they're consistently not going to hurt your team. It's just the offensive side of it, and I just think there can't be a lull with Danny Jansen at the back end of your lineup, and then you add two other guys who are trying to find their way offensively. Now you've got three spots maybe that you're trying to feel to turn it over to mm. George Springer. What's that going to do to George Spr- uh, Springer's pro- uh, being productive? So you got to ask yourself, do you need an on-base guy? All of those things come into mix because, again, you said this. It's, it's not about meaningful games in September. It's about making the playoffs, winning the East, and can you do that with – some bad hitters at the bottom end of your lineup. And me personally, I don't think you can. That's just me. Yeah. I think it's got to be better. I, I'm, I'm talking consistently. I'm not talking about it has I to think, be top end of lineups. I'm I just think saying if you, you get if you get a legit if you get a legit hitter at third base and add another guy, you get you get away with Espinal and, and Biggio. You, you get away with yeah. that. It's not going to cost you. It's not going to cost you games. Uh, but again, it, it, I, I don't think you can rely on either of them. But you can't have Espinal playing third and Biggio no, playing second. not at you all. You can't do that. No, no, not at all. So let's do a quick reset before we get to the calls. A lot of you are on the line. We will get to you. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 591, triple A, triple six, zero five ninety. Just do a quick reset, though, because we haven't talked to you, uh, other than the podcast I did after Jose Brios' signing. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since then. We haven't had a chance to get a sense of what you think about this the, this this Blue Jays team going forward. And and as I said, just a quick reset. The Jays have extended Jose Brios, the pitcher, $130 million over seven years. Steven Matt signed a four-year contract with the Cards at $44 million. Marcus Semien, last night, seven years, $175 million with the Texas Rangers. Kevin Gossman, the big story today in this market, $110 million over five years with the Jays. Story was actually broken like five days ago by a guy named Mike Baboa, mm. a former Mets writer. I don't know him. Mm. But I'm not I'm not calling in. I'm just saying that this guy had this five days ago. And I, I remember reading it in social media and you know, whatever. Anyhow, congrats to Mike Baboa. Well done. Five years and uh, 110 million dollars. Robbie Ray is still on the market. No indication yet as to where he may be going. I, I've kind of felt Texas, but Texas has got John Gray now, and, and Texas is. I guess they could still sign. I guess they could still sign Robbie Ray, but uh, th- that would seem. That would seem to take him. Out of the question there. We've talked about the Angels as being a possibility for Robbie Ray. I did some digging. How many multi-year contracts, Kevin, do you think the Angels have given out to starting pitchers since 2012? Zero. One. Joe Blanton. That's the only pitcher well, they've given. <clears throat> now that that that'll change now. They have Perry Manassi. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because Robbie Ray is looking for five, six, seven years, and the Angels are one of the teams we think that will be in the mix for him. But just throwing that out there, they have not had a a uh, they've not had a lot of success in in that market. Philosophically, Scher- they they just haven't. Maybe Max well. Scherzer's using the Mets to drive the price up so he can go to Anaheim. <laughs> what? Poor Mets. Not really. Frank and Stony Creek, what is up, Frank? 
Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Uh, we are doing well. It's great to talk baseball. It is great to talk Absolutely. baseball, especially because we might be in a bit of a freeze in another week. So I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. What, a, what an exciting weekend of transactions. Maybe baseball needs to threaten a lockout every year. If that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah, no, we don't want to go there. But I get your point. No, I, I get your point. <laughs> so on Gosman, I'm glad they didn't have to go to the 125. That was reported going into the weekend. I thought that would have been much. Um, I think they got fair market value for a solid number two guy. Um, we'll never know whether Ray or Gosman was plan A or plan B, but I think as a whole, their plan A was to fill the top of the rotation through the free agency and not mm-hmm. through the trade market because now they get to keep the trade pieces. I still think with the uncertainty of the back of the rotation, it'd be nice to add another piece, obviously a low-cost guy, but I think someone else is going to add to the mix, maybe a high-leverage reliever, you know, maybe a vet catcher. We're not going to get it all, but the main point is going to end up being on the infield and they can go so many ways about it i agree 100 percent with you that biggio and espinal i'm fine with them at second but in that scenario you need to really upgrade third base whether it is jose ramirez maybe Corey seager you know bring him in at third base i like kyle seager on a short-term deal but i feel like kyle seager with biggio espinal at second doesn't work if we get kyle seager i think at that point you upgrade at second base maybe with a Cattell Marte. um you know, they can go so many ways about this. They're going to throw money at someone on the infield, I think. Mm-hmm. Whether it's short-term or long-term, they could do it. And in a case like a Corey Seager, hey, he's a left-handed bat. He provides you assurance if you don't extend Bo. I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but there's going to be a day that you might not be able to extend everyone, and you can't stop this process on the what-ifs. We need money. We need to save money. We need to save money for these guys. You can't run it that way. When that time comes and they're ready to go, if you're built properly – you could be in a position where you could say, A, we could toss them money, or B, we're okay with letting them move and get a nice return because we've already set the, the roster. So they can go many ways. But one last funny point that I sure. realized is Brios, Gosman, and Manoa are going to be making less money than Garrett Cole in the upcoming season. Think about that. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Yeah, that is that that is true. Look, I, I will admit, I as much as I was saying that getting Barrio signed was the, it, it, it surprised me they got it done as quickly as they did. I understand they were motivated and, and all that. Mm-hmm. That still surprises me. I think that deal is going to be a bargain for the Blue Jays going forward. Um, you know, as much as any deal of that size is going to be, is going to be a bargain. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Frank, if, look, Frank makes a good point and it's something I think, it's something I think is going to test. How am I going to describe this, Kevin? It's something that is going to test the faith of Blue Jays fans. I still don't know how they get both Vladdy and Bo signed to long-term deals, especially given what we've seen this year with long-term deals. You know, we saw the... Well, look, Wander Franco's deal with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, where do you put Bo? Someplace between Wander Franco's deal and Fernando Tatis Jr.'s sure deal. That's did. a big, where do you put big Vladdy? nut. Where do you put Vladdy? Exactly. And, and I think Frank makes an interesting point here. I'm not saying that if you're the Jays, you're sitting there saying, okay, let's plan for a future without Bo or Vladdy. Mm-hmm. I, because you don't have to right now. Yeah. And, and even if the CBA, if something weird happens with the CBA, I don't think it's going to put the Jays in a position where they have to reevaluate those two guys. Those two guys are going to be here going forward. But, yeah, you have to kind of, in the back of your mind, you have to operate under the assumption that you are either going to give out the two biggest contracts in club history by a mile to keep these two guys forever or, or at some point, you may have to move on from one of them. Or just don't worry about it and try to make it as quick as run on this thing as you possibly can because you got your two best players in the best window that they can possibly be in. They're young, they're controllable, and they're really, really good, and you can surround them with good players and where the Red Sox at, where the Yankees at. The Rays, look, you could... You know, you you could bop with the Rays. Yeah. You can hang with the Rays enough that, you know, if the Rays have some hiccups, you can you can step over the Rays. So I just think it's a collective of, you know, where you're at in the East, you know where other teams are at in the East, and you know where your best two players are at. Why overthink it? That's the whole point. Don't overthink it. You look what's right in front of you. Try to attack that. Try and go as far as you can. And and then when you have to pay him, you have to pay. Yeah, him. it's one thing. It's it's one thing to be aware of it and another thing to be worried about it. And and one of the things I th- I like about this front office and this ownership 
we got to, we got, I mean, you got to throw some, and I'm not just saying this because I work for Rogers. You got to, got to throw some kudos to ownership here for giving out these contracts at a time where they haven't had a lot of fans in the stands. Right. And it, it's you know, to go around throwing out these, these, the, this type of contract. Yeah. I'll tell you their previous ownership groups wouldn't have done that. They gave in th- this city. They gave three players, $252 million. Think they're worried about it. Yeah. That's my point. They're aware of it. They're aware that at some point it's going to be a situation, but I, they're not. They're not worried about it. They're no. not worried about it. Sure doesn't look like it. And if you get guys to like where they are, as we're seeing right now, you get guys to like where they are. Sometimes, sometimes they might throw you a little bone, which I think is what Jose Brios did with these guys. And I guarantee you, I mm. guarantee you that when that contract was signed. I guarantee you Vlad, uh, Vladdy and Bo both looked at that and thought, wow. That, that says something about it's good when you feel good about a place, somebody new comes in and just reinforces, especially somebody you like. And we know from talking to people that Jose Barrios is, he's one yeah, of the yeah. guys in that clubhouse already. When he comes in and says, hey, I like this so much, I'm going to sign here. I've seen enough in a month or two months that I'm going to sign here, I'm going to commit to seven years. Yeah, flip it on Vladdy's Instagram and see what Vladdy thought about that, how much money he thinks he can make in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, he ain't messing around. we got time for one more call before we uh, scoot. Let's go to Ian in Toronto. You're on with Blair and Barker. How's hey, it going, Ian. guys? Good, good, good. good. How's it going? Good. Uh, Gaussman, good deal. Can't argue with it. The numbers all make sense. As much as you mentioned the DRA being over four, it was one bad month, and this FIP was under four. So yep. it was yep. just bad luck on the on the ball. That's fine. Um, I think I think the team should take uh, with the CBA. I think at this point they should take a wait and see approach. Wait until the CBA is done, and then I think that uh, there's going to be guys who are going to be left without teams who are going to turn to Toronto and say. I want to go there mm. because they're doing something special. And like we, what you said with Conforto, I can re, I can boost my value and take a one-year deal. Yeah, and Ian. I think that's where the team needs to go. Uh, needs to go at this point. It's find those guys because as much as you said that the guy uh, Bo and Vlad are going to need big money to keep around. There's only so much money you can spend. There's only so many guys you can keep around and. I think at this point, getting those draft picks for Ray and Simeon are going to be important going forward because that farm system has got to be able to uh, create credible major league talent that can help augment the rest of this roster. Ian, that's a, that's yeah. a great point. And you, a great you, you, you touched on something about free agents after the CBA is signed. If you think back to 1995, the last time there was a, a work stoppage, there were so many unsigned players that the players held, players and agents held their own spring training in, in Homestead, Florida. There, there were guys that hadn't, well, I mean, the strike happened in August of 1994. The major league players didn't start reporting back to spring training, I think, till April or May the next year, once the agreement was done, a lot of guys hadn't played a lot of baseball. And there was this all-comers free agent camp. I remember talking to Lloyd McClendon about it uh, when he was in Toronto a couple of years ago with the Tigers, former manager, player. And he talked about, oh, he went to that. And they they were like, there were more than 100 players there Mm -hmm. just taking ground balls, swinging, trying to catch on anywhere. Ian's point is interesting. If the freeze kicks in, Wednesday at midnight as we think it's going to. And let's let's say that the lockout extends until February. I don't think we're going to miss a day of spring. This is my own feeling. I, we're not going to miss a regular season game. Maybe you miss a bit of spring training. Let's say just for argument's sake that you miss the first week of spring training. There could be, there could be literally a couple of hundred free agents out there mm-hmm. looking for work. Now, if you're one of those guys and you're player X, you haven't signed, and now all of a sudden you're out there along with 230 other guys. You look at the Blue Jays, and you might think, "I'll cut those. I'll cut those guys. I'll cut them a deal to get there. Build my build my value up the way the way Marcus Samian did." Mm-hmm. I, I think Ian's right here. The, 
the Jays have done a lot of their heavy lifting right now. I think we agree that to add that impact bat, you may have to make a trade. But I also think they're going to be they're going to be a lot of guys out there in free agency once the CBA is signed. You may be able to upgrade on that fifth starter spot. It shouldn't cost you a lot of money. You know, you may find. I don't know. You may find another Yimmy Garcia. You may find a leverage reliever who hasn't signed anywhere yet. Sure as hell looks at the Blue Jays and go, man, if I go, if I go in that team, I can, I can make myself some money. So this is, this is really breaking the Blue Jays' way. And I think that there are going to be some really good, cheap, panicking free agents once the, late, once the new contract is signed. And I guarantee you, they're looking at the Toronto Blue Jays. They're thinking, that's a destination to play my value. Yeah, hey, yeah. it worked it work, work for Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. Just think if I'm an everyday player and I'm thinking about Marcus Simeon, and I think that, you know, he has issues with things spinning. I don't like the breaking ball. I don't like the slider. You know, he's hitting somewhere around 200 on that. He can come here, be in this lineup, be protected in this lineup. And you get a bunch of straight stuff. What do you do with a bunch of straight stuff? You do what you want to do with it. And you get paid because of it. You oh, talk yeah, about hey. Conforto. Conforto's a, a guy for me that overthinks it. You put him in this lineup, does he have to overthink it? Absolutely not. You go up see ball, hit ball, you look for something straight, all of a sudden your value goes up. It's a no-brainer. Got to throw this out before we break. Think about this. Toronto and the Toronto Blue Jays, they have now become a place players go to get paid. Players come to Toronto to get paid as free agents. They re-sign with Toronto to get paid. They come to Toronto knowing that if they have a good year, they can do what Marcus Semyon did. This is a place you come if you want to get paid. That is so different from, from 10 years ago. It's, it's a 180-degree it's a, it's a difference. Something I never thought I'd be mm-hmm. saying about the Toronto Blue Jays. Ownership knows if, if you got a winning product, they People will come. come. They will watch. You will make money. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. Busy Monday, lots of baseball signings expected. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan.